Welcome to My American Melting Pot, the podcast for people living multicultural lives. I'm your host, Lori L. Tharps. I'm a Black woman married to a Spanish man raising three bilingual, biracial, bicultural children. I'm also a journalist and the author of the book, Same Family, Different Colors, Confronting Colorism in America's Diverse Families. Some people call me a cultural critic or a pop culture pundit. I call myself a diversity diva. I'm really glad you're here for a quick but inspirational Melting Pot Minute. Hello, Melting Pot community. How are you? I hope everybody is doing well, considering we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, considering we're in the middle of major social unrest in this country, and depending on where you live, you may also be experiencing some crazy weather. I know here in Philadelphia, just last weekend, half of the city was out of power because of crazy storms that we were having. But today is a very special day, Melting Pot community. Do you know what today is? If you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this in real time, meaning on the day it was launched, which is June 12th, then today is Loving Day. Happy Loving Day, Melting Pot community. Yes, June 12th is Loving Day here in the United States. And for those of you who don't know what Loving Day is, it is the anniversary of the 1967 United States Supreme Court decision, Loving versus Virginia which struck down all anti-miscegenation laws remaining in the last 16 U.S. states. So what that means is that on this day, 53 years ago, and really, 53 years is not a long time, but 53 years ago in 1967, it finally became legal for people of different races to marry one another in all 50 states. Up until then, you could still be arrested, jailed, fined, and refused service in different organizations and entities if you married someone from a different racial background as yourself. Yes, you could actually be arrested with a felony charge and jailed simply for marrying someone of a different race. So that's why we celebrate Loving Day for this monumental Supreme Court decision. So those of us who are in interracial marriages are probably more aware of this decision because it really hits close to home. Not only would interracial marriages be still considered illegal in many states if this Supreme Court decision hadn't been made, but even our children would be considered illegal because on the books, in the laws, it said that, quote, interbreeding was also against the law. So Trevor Noah, the comedian and author of the book Born a Crime, he called himself Born a Crime because he grew up in South Africa, in apartheid South Africa. But the truth is, our children would also have been born a crime because they would be a product of, quote unquote, interbreeding. So even though this Supreme Court decision was passed in 1967, it took a long time for all of these remaining states to actually change their laws. In fact, the state of Alabama didn't change their law until the year 2000. Yes, 2000. So why am I talking about Loving Day right now, though? I mean, yes, it's Loving Day, but shouldn't I be focusing on the more immediate problems we're facing right now, like the Black Lives Matter movement, like police brutality, police shooting unarmed Black men, the just 
dearth of problems that people of color are still struggling with. Is it really relevant to talk about Loving Day right now? Well, I want to contextualize this for you and hopefully um, show you why I'm actually excited to celebrate Loving Day this year. First thing to recognize is that the origin of the anti-miscegenation laws speaks to the history of white supremacy in this country. The laws were created, the laws that separated black people and white people from marrying. And let me be clear, the law was for any people of any races. They could not marry. Different races could not marry. So Asian could not marry white. Black could not marry white. I actually don't know if black could marry Asian without any problems, but any person of color trying to marry a white person was considered illegal. But the origins of this law really go back to slavery. The slave owners recognized, because there weren't anti-miscegenation laws originally in any state statutes, but once slave owners realized that their slaves, their black men could marry white women or black women could marry white men, that there would be the potential for both some sort of kind of equalizing of the black person, the black spouse, simply because they had married a white person. And they did not want this idea. They didn't want the idea that black people could be considered marriage material because that would make them worthy of a white person's love. So on that token, they did not want to have blacks and whites marrying, but they also did not want to have anybody basically marrying themselves out of bondage or breeding their future offspring out of bondage because then slave owners would be losing their property. So they quickly enacted these laws and they went state by state, but they started enacting these laws to make sure that any black person who was born in bondage would stay in bondage, irregardless of who they married. And in fact, sometimes they would say if a white person married a black person, they could potentially be enslaved. They tried that too. But anyway, this was a law to maintain a system of race-based slavery to make sure black people were not considered or even thought of as equal in any way, shape, or form. Because really, I mean, if a white person could marry a black person, how could we possibly say they were inferior beings that we could enslave? That's why these laws were created, to maintain a system of white supremacy. So this is why I am excited about celebrating Loving Day, because this was a major civil rights victory, one of the largest, most important and significant, because when we talk about the government being able to dictate who we can marry, this is the most intimate part of our lives, that the government could actually tell us, no, you cannot marry that person. And in fact, if you do, you are liable to be thrown in jail or slapped with a felony conviction. That is significant that that law was changed. And what makes it even more significant and why I want to talk about it today so much is that the law was changed not by crafty politicians. It was changed by two people who simply wanted to get married. Well, actually, I take that back. They were married. Richard and Mildred Loving. Richard was white and Mildred Loving was Black and Native American. They did get married but they wanted to be able to be married and raise their family in their home state of Virginia, surrounded by their family and friends. But because Virginia forbade interracial marriage, they could not and had actually been arrested and put in jail. So their fight was not a fight to dismantle white supremacy. Their fight was to simply be allowed to love one another, to build their family and to live amongst their family and friends. And why I find that so inspirational is that 
when those of us who are currently trying so hard to figure out what do we do? How do we make a change? There's so much to do, and I don't know if I will make a difference. I want you to think about Richard and Mildred. They didn't set out to change the world. They set out to change a law that would allow them to love each other the way they wanted to. If everybody came to the table of today's problems with the same attitude that I am fighting for someone I love, a mother, a father, your child, then this maybe wouldn't feel so overwhelming. If you came to the table and thought, let me just do a small thing, like Richard and Mildred Loving, I'm just going to do a small thing. I'm going to donate some food to a food pantry that serves underserved communities or make a monetary or time donation to an underfunded public school in my neighborhood. Or I'm going to buy some products, the ones that I would normally buy from Target or CVS or Rite Aid. I'm going to buy them from a Black-owned business. Or if I have the possibility or capability, I'm going to hire somebody. My next hire, I'm going to make sure that that person is Black or Indigenous or Asian American. Or tonight on Netflix, instead of Downton Abbey, I'm going to watch a documentary about Black history, or I'm going to read a book by a Black author. I'm going to vote for an anti-racist politician. Don't overwhelm yourself with the agenda of the big, big picture. Just find the one small thing that you can do that will make a small difference. And then try another small thing the next day or the next week. I know when Mildred and Richard Loving decided to get married and when they decided to fight the law that was preventing them from leading the lives that they wanted, they were simply motivated by a vision of a simple love and life for themselves that they wanted. Could that be your motivation? I think, yes, we are angry, we're frustrated, we're sad, we're mourning. All of those feelings and emotions are valid. But if we wake up the next day and think, well, what's going to get me to take that step to do something? What if that motivation is love? Again, love for somebody who you care about, your child, your best friend, your spouse, your parents. What if you make those choices and you take these steps with love as your motivation then I think we can all make tiny little changes and those tiny little changes in aggregate make monumental change. And if we, in the process, destroy white supremacy, won't that just be an awesome side effect? And again, I'm not saying forget about the big picture. I'm saying when you're looking for motivation, when you feel overwhelmed, see if that motivation could be love for somebody in your life. I'm willing to give that a try. How about you? We can do this melting pot community. I believe in us. I believe in you. So let's try it. Let's do it. Let me know what you think about using love as your motivation to be change in the world. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on social media, on Instagram. Find me on the blog, myamericanmeltingpot.com. Find me on Facebook, in our Facebook page, also at My American Melting Pot. And thank you as always for listening. If you found this episode inspiring, enlightening, educational in any way, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more people can find our show. Thank you so much. My 
My American Melting Pot is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Sumi Tanoka. Please be sure to tune in next week, Friday, June 19th, for our last episode of season four. We're going to be ending the season with a great episode about colorism in different ethnic communities and the role it plays in this social justice moment we're in right now. I promise it's going to be a good one. So until then, thanks for listening, Melting Pot community, and always remember to live your life in color.